not all patients who are in the emergency department can get into a clinic in a reasonable time frame after an ED visit. And for someone who, say, is going to be cardioverted for atrial fibrillation in ED and then sent home, having access to a cardiologist, say, within a few days of that ED visit is really an important part of a pathway to safely care for these patients. Hi, I'm Jody Elrod, and you're listening to the EP Edit Podcast. In today's episode, we're speaking with Dr. Demarcus Bayman and Dr. Christopher Baugh about their strategies for achieving best outcomes for patients with atrial fibrillation in the emergency department. Dr. Bayman and Dr. Baugh are with the Emergency Medicine Department at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Thank you both for speaking with me today. Can you start by telling me a little bit about your emergency department? I'm DeMarcus Bayman. Uh, I am a TM resident within the emergency department in my third year currently. And uh, we you know, operate mostly in the clinical aspects and see patients and help you know, get patients to the proper places they need to be in the hospital. And I'm Chris Ball. I'm an emergency physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital. My administrative title is Vice Chair of Clinical Affairs. And I work at the Brigham, which is a Boston academic urban teaching hospital that sees over about 62,000 annual adult ED patients per year. And I have the opportunity to work with emergency medicine residents like Dr. Bayman as part of my clinical role and, and very much enjoy that opportunity. So what can you tell me about the incidence of AFib seen in your emergency department? Would you say that the number of atrial fibrillation visits in the emergency department in the U.S. is on the rise? We do have evidence um, from large databases that, uh, that the number of visits primarily for atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, we usually kind of bucket those two together, has been rising significantly in recent years. Data would suggest that we're talking about about a half a million visits per year for these problems, and that has been rising significantly. If you look at, say, gaps from the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s, we're talking about maybe a 25% increase in that period of time, which uh, isn't totally surprising given the high correlation of this arrhythmia to age and the aging demographics of the population in the United States. And what are some of the main challenges in treating atrial fibrillation in the emergency department? I think, you know, some of the main challenges are, you know, involved in the lack of an established pathway in terms of how to treat patients properly and proper outpatient coordination so we can avoid hospitalizations. I think we also, you know, need resources in the emergency department to help cardiovert these patients because, you know, they need to be anticoagulated properly and going through the protocols of making sure that they can get their anticoagulation medication. And I think those are some of the main challenges of treating AF in the ED is making sure that once we treat them and they're properly, you know, on their way to being hospitalized or discharged, hopefully from the emergency department, that they have the proper care that they need to make sure that they maintain their AF and their outpatient care. That's a really good point around follow-up care. Not all patients who are in the emergency department can get into a clinic in a reasonable time frame after an ED visit. And for someone who, say, is going to be cardioverted for atrial fibrillation in the ED and then sent home, having access to a cardiologist, say, within a few days of that ED visit is really an important part of a pathway to safely care for these patients. And if that resource is not available, then 
the emergency physician may not have the confidence that a cardioversion and discharge plan is going to be safest for the patient. And they might default to hospitalizing that patient instead and kind of lose that opportunity to, to keep the patient out of the hospital. You outline a sample outpatient pathway for AFib in your recent EPLAB Digest article. Can you describe more about the use of a multidisciplinary treatment pathway for AFib? Yeah, I think, you know, in terms in terms of atrial fibrillation and a multidisciplinary pathway, I think we have a lot of different providers within the hospital. We have, you know, nurse practitioners, PAs, ED physicians, cardiologists, and EPs. And I think in those pathways, we have to take each patient's clinical case and use it as each patient is unique. And so in terms of that, you know, we have to use different criteria such as their rate, their comorbidities, and how long they have been in AF as markers to properly treat the patients. And once we use those things, again, going back to outpatient care with cardiologists is, is I think, the hugest part in making sure that we take care of these patients properly. And then the question is always, if we're going to cardiovert or not, and what that means to the patient's long-term outcomes. Does an AFib care pathway strategy help reduce costs or have an impact on factors such as hospital admission rates or repeat visits? I think it's important to realize that we're talking a lot about cardioversion, and I think it's an important part of what we talk about in our piece. But not all patients who come to the ED with a primary problem of atrial fibrillation or flutter are going to be eligible for cardioversion. It's going to be significant, but actually not the majority of patients, because perhaps they'll have an active comorbidity like acute decompensated heart failure that really does merit hospitalization, or they'll have an unknown or prolonged duration of atrial fibrillation that would make an ED cardioversion really unsafe from a thromboembolic risk perspective. So that's kind of a, a big piece of a, a pathway identifying eligible patients for cardioversion. Once you have identified the patients who are eligible and actually cardiovert them into home, then that's where you're really bending the curve around the hospitalization or admission trends you can decrease the admission rate by about 20 to 40%, as some previous studies have suggested. And you probably would expect that the lack of hospitalization really drives a cost reduction because, you know, time in the hospital is quite costly in the United States. And so if you're able to get someone directly home from the emergency department versus what would typically be a two to three day hospitalization really does end up reducing costs for that segment in particular. So what is the role of the emergency department in the management of AFib, and why is the emergency physician integral in AFib care? I think one of the major roles of the emergency department, especially as a resident from a resident's perspective, is making sure that patients have their rates controlled, make sure they're properly anticoagulated if they need to be based on their comorbidities. Also, in terms of the management of AFib is if they need to be hospitalized or not. So that's the first role that we have as emergency physicians because we need to help decrease hospitalizations, reduce costs, and hopefully provide fewer thromboembolic events for patients. And I also think closing the gap between the usual care for patients with AF and the best practices involves the ED in terms of collaborating with multidisciplinary approach in the management of AF, because I think providing good emergency department care, a good plan for patients, depending on where they go, whether they go home or whether they go into the hospital, having a good plan for the patient, having the patient understand that plan, and then implementing that plan is the emergency department's key role because a lot of patients will present with new onset AFib or atrial fibrillation exacerbations and determining the difference between those two and how to care for the patient is key. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? 
I would just add that the care of the atrial fibrillation patient in the emergency department is a really tremendous opportunity to develop deep collaborations between staff in the emergency department and other specialty groups, particularly cardiology, and those could extend into other populations of patients, such as patients presenting with chest pain or congestive heart failure. And then you can create this virtuous cycle of collaboration where you're expediting care for patients who most need it, you're avoiding hospitalizations when alternative pathways are available. And so that's certainly what my experience has been at my own hospital. And I would encourage champions, leaders from the emergency department and other specialty groups such as cardiology to really start having those conversations to build these pathways. I agree as well. Um, and our cardiologists at the Brigham are very happy to come by our emergency department's observation unit and take care of those patients properly. And I think that is huge to the care for the patients. For more information, please see the recent review article by Dr. Bayman and Dr. Bao at eplabdigest.com. To hear more of our available podcasts, please visit the EP Lab Digest website or find us on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.